Hi, I'm Dean Foley, and you're listening to the Indigipreneur Podcast, a show about Indigenous entrepreneurs, innovators, and leaders, and their inspiring stories. I don't believe in failure, you know, there's only win or learn. In today's show, we hear how Yamaji man, Leslie Dingo from Carnarvon, who lost $160,000 in his life savings before turning it all around and becoming a successful trader and entrepreneur, who now has enough money, which allows him to continue living in his community and living the life that he wants. So how did you get into trading? Was there an aha moment? Uh, there was never really an aha moment. You know, our careers started off in the mining industry as a uh, apprentices, um, and which is a good, pretty good career to be in. Um, it plays quite well. Unfortunately, you know, we never really had that awareness of what we really wanted to be doing in our lives at that point in time when we were, you know, 16 years old. And eventually learning learning about finances, uh, you know, the tax system, you know, how life works in general, you come to realize that you know, working as an employee for someone else isn't the lifestyle that we wanted and certainly wasn't going to get to where we wanted to be in our lives by doing that particular occupation. So, you know, eventually led into, you know, uh, managing money and how to, you know, just the basic thing is like a savings account and it grew on from there to investing, um, where we looked at property and then stocks. But, you know, stocks always kind of interested us uh, in terms of, you know, the fast pace, the, the ability to make money quickly and also lose money quickly, just uh, FYI. And then eventually that, you know, that interest that sparked us and um, that's where we ended up going into and looking at in further as we grew up. But we, you know, as most people, we didn't really have a clear direction of what we wanted to do in our lives. Uh, we kind of stumbled upon it. There was never really an aha moment. You've been doing mining since you were 16. When did you decide to, you know, get into trading and learn about trading? Uh, basically from the age of 18, I opened my first trading account and always was interested in it and looking at it. And at that time, you know, had a bit of spare savings, I guess you could call it, and started dabbling in the market. And eventually it grew on from there, you know, started playing around, investing, losing a bit of money, making a little bit of money, and that just snowballed from there on. Awesome. And when you found out about trading, stock markets, was there anything that sparked your interest to begin with? I guess the the drawing card for us was that with, with trading, it's possible to start with a small amount of uh, initial investment and to make large returns. You know, the conservative lifestyle of putting, or sorry, the conservative uh, approach to investing where, you know, you're getting returns of maybe 5, 6, 10%, uh, which is great but it wasn't going to enable us to get to where we want in our lives uh, quicker. You know? you know, we're pretty impatient. And with, with trading, um, you have the ability to make large sums of money in a short period of time. At the same time, just for disclosure, you can lose just as much in a short period of time. But that, that's what really attracted us to us. And then also trading gives that lifestyle back in terms of the time. You know, our trading can maybe, it might be an hour a day, it could be six hours, as opposed to working in the mining industry where you're working 12 plus hour shifts. You know, your, your days could be 14 hours at times and, and weeks away from home. And that's just not where we wanted to be in our lives uh, moving forward especially now that we have a young family. Mm. And um, when you were just getting in and learning about trading, was there anyone you went to in particular? Like who were your mentors? Did you read much about Warren Buffett? Yes, I read a lot about Warren Buffett, um, but we didn't really have any have any mentors as such. You know, um, a lot of my weekends after, you know, a big night out or whatever, there would be, you know, the two days after would be studying stocks, researching. And it's really only in the last two years that we've uh, actively pursued it where I was, you know, I'd go home from work, 12-hour shift, and spend two, three hours each night 
uh, just researching charts, researching stocks, reading as much as I can on the bus to work and from always uh, on you know, social media, looking at stuff, researching entrepreneurship, mindset, a lot of a lot of things that would help us to be successful traders. But in terms of mentors, unfortunately, no, we didn't really have any. Uh, we're, we were self-taught, uh, which is not the approach that I would have going looking back in hindsight. You know, In trading and investment in general, there's a lot of uh, resources out there to enable people to be successful. Um, but it's really finding the right ones and ones that you can trust. And there are some that some businesses and companies that do provide a service in training people for that. Um, but I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend anyone out there that's looking at it to do their due, due diligence, research, and find a good provider. Because there are some good providers that do um, support the learning for trading and investment. Uh, but there is also a lot of scams in this industry because of the draw card of making a lot of money, making it quickly, solving all your problems, etc. But um, yeah, you know, the quickest way to get a leg up or and get some good guidance and steering in the right direction is is finding a mentor, you know. And it's something I, I look back and wishing that I did sooner. Yeah, is there anything in particular, like if you had that mentor, you could have avoided like some of the challenges earlier on? Uh, yeah, certainly. I probably would have, you know, uh, saved myself a lot of heartache, a lot of losses, you know. A lot of the lessons that I've learned from trading is from losing money, you know. That's, the, you know, from losing and almost going broke at one point, we almost... Um, between my brother and I, we almost lost our entire life savings. And, you know, that was the biggest lesson that we had. Was there a specific example where you could have avoided, you know, losing money? Yeah, I guess with um, with most industries, you know, having that right mentorship or at least steering someone knowing that's, that's made all those mistakes previously would save a lot of heartache in financial investment and trading. You know, some of the lessons that we learned and the best lessons that we learned actually come from our losses and failures, you know. And um, we at one point we almost lost our entire, or we did lose our, our entire savings between myself and my brother. You know, the years work of uh, hard work in the mining industry uh, was pretty much gone, wiped off the table. Uh, but that, from that point, you know, you have to take those losses. You have to learn from them. You know, you, there's no win or losing in trading and investment. There's only win or learn in terms of uh, how we approach the markets. Um, but yeah, if we had a mentor. Um, it's probably already made all those mistakes before we got to them. It would save us a lot of heartache, a lot of money. So yeah, I can't stress the enough of having a good mentor out there to steer you in the right direction and possibly prevent you having those same mistakes that you have. You know, one of those big mistakes is losing money in the market. And it's hard to start over again, but when you do, yeah, at least you've learned that good lesson anyway. Are you able to disclose how much, um, you know, you were looking at losing? Was it in the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or... Uh, for myself personally, I've, I lost 160000 um, which was all my life savings. Half of that was in our superannuation accounts. And yeah, that was a big blow, but I had a really crush. <laughs> it, it's the spot when you, are, you you look back and you think you've spent years um, yeah, accumulating that, and especially in the mining industry, there's a lot of years. But also kind of went in with that approach that, yeah, if we've lost it all, then we've had a crack and then we'll keep going back again, you know. And at, at our point in lives at that, that time, where I think we were only... Uh, 24, 25. So it wasn't like it was, you know, the end of the game or anything. We, we, we trudged back on and, um, you know, we learned from it. And then from that, we were able to generate all those losses back within a year and some, you know, uh, 12 months after. So it was a good comeback story, but it was also, I guess, good validation from it for our own perspective to get back and that we were on the right path and we made the right decisions. We learned from it and that's the important thing. And you were looking back on the hindsight, if we were successful in those trades early on, we were more than likely destined to encounter that failure at some point along the track because we, 
you know, we would have, I guess, blindedly thought that we were invincible and, you know, couldn't do nothing wrong, which is not the reality of trading, you know. Trading is a, it's a grind. It's a, it's a battle, you know. It's a, most of the time, half the time we lose money and half the time we make money, you know. But at the end of that day, that trading, you know, that back and forth, that grind, you do uh, come out with a positive outcome at the end, you know, a positive return. And what do you think, after sustaining that big losses, what kept you in the game? What do you think was your success, um, factors for you know going back in the positive i guess for most people or most entrepreneurs out there and business people in general and uh most indigenous people i would imagine you know we we started off with with no money we we broke most of our lives so there's only one way you can really go up you know so when you're back against the wall you go all in again that's what kept us going you know um it's not like we uh borrowed money or anything like that all the money that we did lose was money that we worked for and accumulated over our uh, period of a short working career. But yeah, going back in again, it was just, uh, you could only go up, you know, you can only hit rock bottom so many times before you bounce back up. Do you think that's key for an entrepreneur mindset to just keep going and get in there? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in failure. You know, there's only win or learn. Um, and you got to keep going back to the bat uh, and have another swing and have another crack at it to be successful, you know, and especially entrepreneurs starting off, especially those seed development programs. Um, you're gonna face a lot of rejection, a lot of hassle, a lot of negativity, a lot of critiquing, a lot of a lot of no's. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna get funding, you're not gonna get this, and that's you're gonna ride those waves, you know, um, and you're gonna have those setbacks, but you got to have that that mindset, that clear goal, that vision, and that, and that drive and that tough resilience in your own uh, mentality to keep pushing forward, you know, until you are successful, you know. Uh, and when you have that mindset, I will be successful. It's only a matter of time. You, you'll eventually get there. Were you tempted at any stage just to, when you, with those big losses, just to stop and just go back into mining? No, nah, no. Nah, I, uh, I, 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 I value mining. It was great for me, you know, give me where I am today. But it wasn't the career that I wanted to be in. It wasn't something that I found fulfilling, something that didn't really suit my lifestyle or my, my background. Um, you know, uh, trading was real, where my real passion was. And I think... For a lot of entrepreneurs out there and people that want to get into business and have a good successful life, I would advise them to find what you're what you're really passionate about, what you like doing, and then make a business out of it. You know, and then you, you, it doesn't feel like I'm going to work when I wake up in the morning and I check my charts and I check the news and I see what the market's likely to do. I love it. You know, I look forward to the Monday morning, you know, and the Tuesdays and every every weekday when the market opens. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. And um, sure, it's really cool. So, so with Warren Buffett, like one of his rules, because um, you've written a lot about him, one of his rules was, the number one rule is never to lose money. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Warren, Warren's got a probably a different uh, different trading style, or, sorry, different investment style. He's a very more on the conservative side, um, whereas I'm a trader, I'm, I'm you know, I guess, uh, when you, uh, if you imagine anyone that plays poker out there, you know, I'm a bit of a, myself and my brother are poker, poker players as well. We like to get in the grind and we're happy to lose money to make money and, you know, take that risk. Um, and both different investment styles have their trades off. But, uh, yeah, one of the big golden rules is, uh, you know, uh, capital preservation, you know. You don't want to lose money in the markets. But if you do, yeah, at least over the long term, you're going to be making money. And as a trader... Um, I lose a bit of money, but I make money and it's a bit of a grind. But I know at the end of the year, I'll have a positive expectancy and I'll be profitable. But you have to have a good mental resilience, I guess, when you're looking at the screen and you see your account down in the red, you lost tens of thousands of dollars. 
that day or something. And it, it does take a bit of a blow to the ego, to the self-esteem. And it depends on, on your trading style and who you are and how comfortable you are with risk and seeing risk. It's not like a business where let's, I, I use a, a restaurant as an example, you know, um, you know, a business a restaurant owner will be Monday to Thursday, maybe they might be operating at a loss because they haven't got much customers, you know. Um, and then over the weekend, they make all their money back there in profit. But they don't do their books at the end of each each shift. And, you know, they don't do their accounting. They probably do it at the end of the week, end of the month, you know. But uh, with trading and investment, that your account value is right in your face. It's red if it's in a loss. It's green if it's going good. Um, and to see that up front, it's a, it's a pretty pretty uh, nervous and pretty it can really test your um, toughness sometimes. Mm. And do you think um, even though you didn't have mentors that, you know, being really good poker players helped out with trading? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely helps with analysing and managing risks, you know. There's a lot of similarities between poker and trading. I guess one of the three good parts of a, uh, to help you be successful in trading and also in poker and one of them is obviously the psychology. You don't want to get bluffed out, and that makes up a large percent of, of how, how successful you can be in trading. So your psychology, your mindset. Uh, the next one is how much you, you're, you're risking into it, so your money management skills. You know, are you putting uh, X amount of your put in? Are you putting so much of your portfolio in? And the last but least important out of those out of those three areas is actually your strategy. You know, it's all you get the best strategy in the world, but if you don't have the right mindset or the good business skills or money management skills to employ that uh, strategy, then you won't be successful. Um, so there, there's those similarities between you know poker and and trading, but also business in general. You know, you got the right mindset, you got to be able to manage your, your money correctly, and then you got to have a basic business strategy. You know, basic business strategy is you buy these. Bits of ingredients for 20 bucks, you know, and you sell the cake for 30, you know. And so, yeah, I really try to knuckle down on those three areas uh, starting off as a trader. And the biggest one to, to overcome was psychology and mindset. Mm. And um, for you, how did you strengthen, you know, your psychology and mindset? Was there any books or any courses you did? Uh, there was a lot of books that I read, um, you know, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. A lot of YouTube, great resource for anyone that's looking in, into it. Um, you know, a lot of motivational speaking uh, stuff. You know, researching and just researching uh, a lot of successful people out there. There are already in, uh, doing well in business or trading or entrepreneurship in general, and then finding out what makes them successful. And, you know, one of the things they say is you know having the right mindset. You know, because you're going to face a lot of uh, negativity in this industry, a lot of backlash, a lot of no's. You know, you got to have that toughness, that mental toughness about you to just succeed. For you, where do you, you get a lot of your, you know, negative feedback and, and haters from? Is it, um, is there a bit from the community or like stereotypes from non-Indigenous people? Uh, it's not, not so much uh, from the Indigenous community, um, but there's a lot of uh, from the, I guess, the, the middle class non-Indigenous society. Uh, when I talk about Investing in general, and especially when I made the decision to leave full time, there was a lot of negative. Like, whoa, well, you're throwing your money into the stock market—that's pretty risky. And then, um, you know, a lot of people that say that the stock market is risky is people that generally don't own shares. But yeah, there wasn't so much negativity from the indigenous community at all. If anything, there was only praise and support. You know, like, and I think having that good support around you and the like-minded people and individuals that you interact with every day makes a really big difference. You know. I actively chose in my life to remove a lot of the people and influences in my life that weren't helping me to achieve my goal. You know, whether it be social media or every day, people in at the workplace that I used to, you know, I'd, I'd limit my interaction with people that weren't uh, productive to my goals or to my well-being. 
Um, and that's what I would encourage a lot of people to do. You know, look at your environment, look who you're hanging around with, look at your influences. Um, and if you don't have a good role model or anyone like that that you know of that's around with you, I would encourage you to just imagine that um, yourself 10 years from now, where you want to be, who you want to be, you idolize that person and then, um, you know, let that influence you in your decisions in your life. Be the hero that you needed when you were growing up. So another big success factor would be just creating a positive environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to um, try do everything that can enable you to succeed. You know, um, if you're trying to lose weight, you know, for example, and your your friends are like, "Hey, we're going out. There's all you can eat buffet." You know, <laughs> I'll be like, "Sorry, guys." You know, um, and, and as much as you could say, "Yeah, I'll come along," but I won't eat anything. You get you're putting yourself in an environment where you're not enabling yourself to succeed. You know? So I would. Uh, Strongly look around, you know, you don't have to be uh, negative about it to, you know, your long life friends or anything like that, you know, you keep those pe- that circle within you, but review your circle and if, if there are people that aren't helping you to achieve uh, your goals or your ambitions, then I'd really consider reviewing it and then finding those right people that you do need in your life, you know, seeking out a mentor, seeking out uh, friends that have the like-minded ideas of entrepreneurship and business, uh, trading and investment, and then, you know, interacting with those people, you know, you when you hang around people that may, might not be the best influences or negative, and I'll say this in the extreme sense here, um, if you're hanging around people that might drink a lot or be, you know, are alcoholics, you're more than likely you're going to end up an alcoholic, you know. Um, but if you're hanging around successful people, that people that empower you, that motivate you, give you ambition, help you fuel your goal, you know, uh, you can network, liaise, leverage off. Um, you're going to be in a better position and a better environment to succeed. Yeah, definitely. Was there anything you changed with your trading? Just your trading throw anything that really, you know, transformed and, and made you a successful trader? Uh, it was back to that principle of, of win or learn. You know, every time I did have a win, I'd, you know, pat myself on the back, great, cool, next trade, you know. Um, and every time there was a loss, I really had to analyse, okay, what, what was the mistake? What was the key factor? Did I... Uh, did I get in the trade late? Did I um, didn't do enough fundamental research? So investing the company, the, the management, etc., and really taking that opportunity as a loss to enable it to be a, a learning outcome. You know, and that's and you have to do that as a grind. You know, it's it's not a it's a one day thing. It's over the course of a of a thousand a thousand trades. You know, because my strike rate might only be like fifty percent of the time that I'm right, but um, when I do make money off trading, I make more than my losses. Awesome. And are you able to um, like touch on, you know, some of the big wins you've had lately and the reason why? Uh, the, so the biggest, I guess, the one today that's currently in a uh, trade at the moment, which I haven't haven't uh, closed the position on now, but it's currently $6,000 up and I entered the trade on Monday. And I guess now that I have a lot of free more time and that I'm, I'm doing trading full time, I have a lot more time to research and do my analysis. And that trade's currently six grand up with initial 10 grand investment into it. So I'm not about 60% up. Uh, and one of those things was just being able to watch the news, watch how the price reacts. Um, you can tell a lot from the story of, of the, the buying or selling pressure as the price moves up and down. So that's more the uh, technical analysis with the charts. That's currently in the trade that I'm in at the moment. Um, and what, why the reason why it's so successful is this, this company uh, just launched an app last week and they've got uh, a lot of, I think they made 200000 uh, in the first week and then now another 260000 in the uh, second week in revenue. And this company has a low valuation so that they aren't actually earning much, but now they are earning. You know, they're looking at making a million dollars a month. 
Um, so that there is a key indicator that this price is a good company that uh, at the current price it's at now, it's it's more than likely going to go up. So that's the initial reason for me to enter in trade and it's paid dividends at the moment. It hasn't hit my uh, price target yet, um, but you know, time will tell. So it's already 60% um, on the money that you invested. What's your price target? Is it like you know, 200% the money? or? Yeah, yeah. so if I could, if I could get to um, 10,000 profit, um, I'd probably lock in profits with a thing called stop losses. So you know, even if it did retrace, say, 25%, then at least my order will sell at, um, at a certain limit so that I've secured money. You know, um, uh, but then you can also do things like uh, free carry, well, I'll, I'll sorry, sell a portion of that, that profit. And then let the rest, let the price continue on. Because long term, it looks like a good investment, but I'm more of a trader. I like to get in and out. Um, you know, take the take the uh, the profit off the table, so it's in my bank account, and then look for the next opportunity. But I'll keep it on my watch list. Um, yeah, there's a few strategies that you can employ in terms of uh, you know managing your money and then the risk in a trade. That's unbelievable. I think you mentioned earlier, you know, five ten percent. Um, rates of um, return on investment, you know, a lot of people are happy with, but you're going for 100%, which is awesome. Yeah, you know, um, I just, myself personally, I'm just, was never happy with the conservative uh, lifestyle or, you know, employment choices. You know, I really wanted to get places quicker. You know, I was impatient, if you ever want to call it that. <laughs> but um, I knew I wanted to help make a change and help make a difference, not only in my life first, but then also for others. I really wanted to to enable me to do that was to be successful and to be successful quickly. You know, I wanted to get, uh, you know, we're not there yet. We're not at that that uh, I guess we had an arbitrage goal of um, a million dollars. But when we do get to that point, uh, you know, it's it's a milestone. It's, it's just a theoretical number, but it's it's just a milestone that we get to to helps enable us. You know, as a goal, and then we'll move on to the next major milestone. So is that like, um, so this is a recent one. What's your biggest? You know, when are you able to talk about that one? Um, well, I had it in two different accounts. So I also managed my own money in my uh, superannuation account and also my personal account. My personal account was $189. That was the biggest win. Um, and then super was about $150,000. And by that, but that wasn't, that wasn't a trade as such where I was in and out. That was over a three-year period. And that was a, that was a huge grind. That was a... That was a really one that tested the uh, the psychology and tested me personally, you know. Um, but that was the pretty much the comeback trade that helped us from, uh, you know, losing all our money to to getting back to where we were with more money. And then eventually, as as the uh, the years progressed, to where we are now, trading as full time traders. Which company was it? Was it uh, Apple? <laughs> no, no, it was a so pretty much those big wins that we had uh, was on the back of the lithium sector. Um, so a few years ago, we did a you know all due diligence, and you know lithium's going to be lithium's going to be hot, you know, in the in the uh, coming years, driven a lot by the electric um, electric vehicle industry, especially from China. You know, and China is one of the major uh, importers exporters. Does a lot of trade with Australia, and um, you know, luckily for us, we lived in a region where we knew mining. You know, mining was our background, uh, and then also in the uh, Western Australia, there was a mine called Pilgangura, which was. Um, just shy of uh, Port Hedland uh, in Western Australia, and uh, we, so we had that kind of you know that that background. We knew our expertise, and then we also saw an opportunity there, a very undervalued opportunity in this particular stock. You know, and we just all lost a lot of our money, and you know, nearly broke. But we're still looking for the next opportunity, and we were lucky to stumble across this company called Pilbara Minerals, 
Um, and so, yeah, their share price, well, I was watching them at a, uh, they were at one cent and I was watching them and the next day they had an announcement and they shot up to like 2.4 cents and that's when I bought in. Um, at today, they're at a dollar something. Um, so it's a huge return, and I sold out on their high about a dollar twenty. Um, and yeah, if I hold if I hold on for a couple more years, if I did, it probably could shoot up to about three or four dollars. Um, but I'm happy where I am right now, taking my profits off the table and uh, you know trading full time. But that was my biggest trade. That was uh, I guess our comeback story. Um, I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs out there or successful entrepreneurs out there do, do have, have similar stories. You know, there's, there's people that are broke and unsuccessful um, and just really grinding day in and out to try to get their products or their sales, their business off the ground. But eventually they do hit it, you know, uh, and eventually they do get it. And um, when they do get it, it's, it's great. <laughs> I'll say it's great, but um, you got to stay humble and then look for the next trade and, you know, the next venture or keep on improving, you know. There's, you know, there's no win or you know, lose. It's only win or learn. As I mentioned, um, but we also have instilled in us a continual improvement, I guess, uh, mindset. You know, just because we're here at this level, it's great. You know, but we're going to keep pushing forward, keep getting better, keep learning, and keep maintaining your your edge in the market, as they call it. Um, you know, because if we're not getting better, then our competitors are, or you know, other traders, and we'll eventually fall behind or lose. But we can't have that. Keep trying forward. So, what are some of the um, tactics and strategies you're using to you know, stay ahead of the pack and keep winning? I guess uh, doing a lot of uh, fundamental research. So, that's uh, investing. You know, looking at a company, you can just see the stock code for it, but you can also see a lot of background information like how many shares they have on issue. If they have a lot of shares on issue, then that means that they've done a lot of uh, capital raisings, which is, you know, they're constantly going back to the market and asking for more money, which isn't a good sign. Um, so we look at companies that haven't done that and then also have a lot of good prospects, a lot of future, um, and, you know, possible business outcomes where it could really lift the share price, you know, and mining companies are, are like that. They generally start off as an exploration company, not valued as much, but once they start digging in the ground, you might find a huge deposit. Oh, there's, there's a lot of gold, a lot of lifting, whatever the case may be. So that's where we initially started. And that's one of the strategies we look at in terms of, uh, you know, is a company fundamentally good to invest in over the long term? Um, over the short term trading that we do, we more so let the news dictate whether we're not going to trade. So back to the other company that made revenue of 200000 in their first week off an app, um, that's a pretty good um, you know, return for a business that hasn't been making much money and that's undervalued and has a, has a low amount of shares on issue and has a higher possibility that this is going to be a successful trade. You know, you could look at all these things, you know, tick all the boxes, the company has this, this, X, Y, Z. Yep. And all of that adds confluence or, you know, all those had to a higher probability that it's going to be a successful trade. Um, you know, you can still have certain standards where we enter a trade and we don't make money, we lose money, you know. Um, <clears throat> but over the course of a thousand trades, uh, you know, this particular strategy uh, earns us money. Um, we do have other... Strategies, so you have technical analysis where you're looking at a chart. Um, you know, you got things called candlesticks um, and you can you can use certain indicators or just by looking at a chart, see whether a stock is overvalued or undervalued and if it's a good opportunity to enter or to sell a stock. Nice. And um, talking about one uh, trade at the moment that's on everybody's mind, Bitcoin, um, have you guys, you know, looked into that a little? Could you give any feedback? Because obviously, you know, some of the, the mob in the community are investing in it, that kind of stuff. Personally, myself and my brother, we, we have not invested in Bitcoin 
uh, directly. I'll, I'll state that. Um, now, with, with Bitcoin, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, it's, it's, it's referred to as a cryptocurrency. And there's a lot of media talk around cryptocurrencies and, you know, the pros and cons. And you might have seen a lot of the news in terms of how much it's uh, rallied up recently in terms of its value. And then also uh, in the last couple of weeks, decreased in value. So Bitcoin is a, a cryptocurrency which isn't governed and uh, managed by a particular government. You know, it's decentralized, what it's called. Um, and it's also transferred wirelessly through the air and through the internet and through different transactions. But myself and my brother, we haven't invested directly in Bitcoin, but we have invested in companies that do uh, manage mining of the Bitcoin or different types of cryptocurrencies. And we have had some success with trading them, but it was more so in a trading sense. Uh, personally, I wouldn't. I the principle of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, I think, is great, um, especially for disrupting you know particular currencies and government institutions where they can't control the the, uh, the currency. However, the, the platform of which coin is managed in terms of its price and how it can be traded, I do believe it's, it's, it's certainly up for manipulation. You know? yeah. If, if you know, me and you were the only ones trading the particular stock, we could just be uh, selling it and buying it back from each other at different prices and we could actually influence and manipulate that market, push it up the prices artificially. And when, when that happens, you get a lot of uh, investors, you know, sorry, uh, people that aren't aware of Bitcoin and, you know, the hype and, oh, wow, it's, it's going up. It's got up 10,000% or whatever the case may be. I've got to buy in. And that's when generally people buy in and then that's when more the real pro traders or people that are looking at um, the cryptocurrencies generally sell. And I think that's what has happened in the recent weeks. Uh, but as the principle for cryptocurrencies, I think it's actually great uh, if it could be in a platform where it was, uh, I guess, less prone to manipulation of the price. Yeah, that's really good advice. So, yeah, I mean, you know, for people that want to invest, like I had a few friends, yeah, post, you know, they'll win in and, and kind of love Bitcoin. Um, but, yeah, since the price dropped, uh, they haven't been talking as much. So I think, yeah. you know, what you said. No, I, I, my, myself and my brother, we're generally, we, anything, you know, so like for lithium, for example, you know, um, I know in WA there was a lot of talk about it. Uh, recently in the news and it's great and everything you know but my brother and we were looking at that three years ago you know and now that it's currently in the meter and it's all hot that's the time when we sell you know and a lot of pro traders do that you know and unfortunately a lot of uh as they refer to it mum and dad investors you know they come in at the wrong time um they they buy in on the hype and then get left holding a, a large loss you know and then that they can test their psychology of whether you know they they were made for investment. You know, oh, do I sell now and save my money? And you know, it can lead to a lot of heartache for people. So, I would uh, strongly recommend anyone to do their, you know, their research, uh, look into it, and then you know, seek uh, professional uh, financial advice before going into any venture like that. that that's high risk. People call uh, stocks and trading high risk, but cryptocurrency is even more volatile. So don't get don't get sucked in by the hype. Yeah, don't 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 get. Uh, you really have to discipline your emotions when trading. You know, um, there's lots of times where I, I would look at a mine, uh, you know, a, a bit of news from a company that's a mining company. Oh wow, good drill results. Oh, there's heaps of gold there, etc. Um, but the market might not react to it, and then uh, I lose money. You know, and um, so I really have to discipline myself. Look at things like the fundamental. Look from a different, a clear a view of, of the situation and then make the assessment and make the, the right decisions. Yeah, but all that comes with uh, experience and a lot of 
lot of uh, lot of practice, a lot of hard work, all, all entrepreneurship. Um, so, do you reckon uh, stick to your strengths too? I think um, you mentioned like, um, do you guys venture out much on things you don't know much about, or do you stick to mine and that kind of stuff? Uh, we do venture out occasionally, but we do have a kind of a, a set. One of the set rules that we have is trade what you know. You know, um, just because someone's successful in uh, you know baking cakes or, or selling hats or something doesn't mean automatically mean they're going to be successful at selling cars or anything like that. You know. Uh, one of our golden rules is trade what you know, and you know it's proven. It's you're reliable with your information, you know, because you've got that experience. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't learn new things, but I, you know, in the trading world, you should do your research before uh, venturing out. You know, and um, as time goes, as we develop more and we learn more, uh, we certainly will be venturing out a lot of um, more so the mining sector, but also then to the tech sector, um, which we've had some success in recently, especially. With the way the world is transforming, I guess, in terms of uh, media devices, social social media, um, you know, your smartphone, you look at, at your app, you know, five years ago, I would, probably wouldn't even have an iPhone, but now I can't live without it, you know, it's my, my link to my trading, I can do all my trading from my smartphone, you know, um, and it's really transforming the way we are, it's really a disruptive technology and it's some of the stuff that we're researching going into now is stuff that's going to revolutionize the future world, you know, and electric vehicles is a simple example of that. You know, you're not, not seeing too much of them now, but, um, you know, in 10, 20 years' time, they, they, they'll be mainstream, you know. I'd like to – I remember seeing this one picture of, uh, I think it was New York, and I think it was 1901 or something like that, and there was just hundreds and hundreds of uh, carts and horses and people walking down the main street, you know, and then 10, 20 years later – it's just all cars, you know, and it's it's people. There's less people, but there's heaps of cars. It's a busy freeway, pretty much. So that's that's a good reminder for me to to be looking at those disruptive technologies and staying ahead of the curve and being able to make a huge amount of profit off those technologies and those those ventures that are going to change the way that we live. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity there. It probably comes uh, down to what you mentioned before, right, that, um, you know, don't get sucked into hype, just find out what you're really passionate about and just be, you know, learn as much as you can about it because you can make money in anything. Yeah, pretty much, you know. Um, and when, when you do have that passion in it, you know, you, you're, you're more than willing to do a better job, you know. If you, if you don't really like baking cakes or anything like that, you know, you're not going to give it 100%, you know. I like trading. I, I could sit at a computer, you know, they're not the greatest, but I'd like I could sit there, research stocks and, and do that because that's what I like, you know, and that's me personally. And there's some people that, uh, you know, might like, um, you know, baking cakes, for example, or or selling cars or being a program developer or, or make, creating apps and selling them on, you know. Um, I really employ everyone to find what they're passionate about, what they're good at, or if they're not good at it, good, good at it because you're, you're obviously you've got the right interest in mind. And then you can turn that into a career, you know. People, you know, people turn a lot of the things that they're good at into careers and become quite successful at it. Yeah, so you can make money at anything, really. You don't have to you know, do something you don't like. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I was, uh, I guess, in, when I was, you know, since recently leaving mining, I, I do a lot of self-review of myself and I really learned that I hated my job. You know, I was, I was uh, you know, I'd come in in meetings. I, was, I guess I was middle corporate of the mining company and and the corporate world just wasn't, it was not me at all. I just did not gel with it. I had a pure passion of hating the 
the corporate mentality and it just wasn't me personally. And, um, and I'm not saying there's nothing, anything wrong with it. It just wasn't me. You know, if, if people love that, uh, being in that leadership role, um, doing a particular job, all the best to them. Um, but for me personally, it was a job that I hated coming to. And a lot of, a lot of people in Australia are currently working jobs that they probably don't like or even hate. I mean, I mean, me personally, I hated it. Um, it just paid well and financed me to get me where I wanted in life. But, um, there's, there's a famous, uh, I guess, uh, motivational speaker in the U.S. called Les Brown, and he refers to it as, uh, you know, spiritual suicide, where people are going to a job that they hate, where they just loathe, and and there's nothing worse than going, spending hours and hours, days at a particular job or workplace that you don't like, and um, it can be quite soul-crushing over a period of long time. Um, yeah, and that just wasn't me. Um, where trading has, has given me all those things that I was earning for. What did you hate most um, with the corporate um, mindsets and way of doing business compared to like an entrepreneurial mindset? Uh, I guess the corporate lifestyle, also the corporate structure is very rigid, um, very set in its particular ways, a very different culture to an entrepreneurship where where an entrepreneurship, you're, you, I guess you're the, you can be the boss, um, which was one of the things that drawed me to it, but also the amount of freedom and time, you know, that uh, you get back. I wasn't getting that in the corporate world. I was le- working long hours. I was, uh, had phone calls and it just wasn't fitting well with me and where I wanted to be. Uh, in terms of the the mindset, you know, one of my former employers, I guess he was my mentor at the time, broke, broke it down for me why people kind of do the jobs they do or why they do anything in life and they put it down into three categories. One of them was autonomy. So that's people that want to be the boss. You know, there's some guy working at Maccas right now that's the uh, the manager there. He doesn't probably really care too much about Maccas, but he loves his job because he's the boss. He's leading a team. You know, it's, it's great. You know, so there's that autonomy. Um, the next one was mastery. You know, where people, I put it as a carpenter. Maybe there's a carpenter out there that just loves making, you know, fine quality uh, furniture and wood products. He loves his job. He just wants to be the master at it. And the last one for me, uh, for me personally, it was purpose. There are people that are doing jobs just because they, they yearn a sense of purpose from their job. Um, I wasn't getting that from mining. I, I actually felt more so that uh, mining was, you know, it's pretty much just, you know, uh, digging up the resources, digging up the land. And I wasn't getting that. Uh, you know, I wasn't feeling that. I wasn't, it wasn't really comfortable for me. You know? it's, uh, I benefited off it, but I didn't like the approach that uh, mining companies had, especially dealing with, um, you know, uh, traditional owners of the land. Um, you know, the major companies like FMG, um, they're currently in a legal battle with the Yinjibari people, which is my mother's side. Um, and, yeah, I didn't like the way they do that. And I think for a long time, especially in the, the previous decades, the, uh, the Australian government and uh, mining companies in general, they actually benefited a lot off the indigenous owners and, and took advantage of that. You know, I didn't, I didn't want that. Um, and for me, I guess the purpose that trading gave me was that I was able to make money, which is great, you know, but also from the, the next milestone, I guess, for myself and my brothers would be to seek out and look for talent that's out there in terms of other traders or other indigenous traders or potential traders that want, you know, that leg up in life or want to learn the skill, you know, and then we could be mentors for other people to, I guess, you know, put it bluntly, is for them to learn how to make money, you know, learn how to make their own money, you know, off the trading investment market to the, to fuel them, to give them all the skills and requirements needed to be successful, you know, and that that there, that 
that there gave us a lot more purpose than any mining corporate job ever could, you know, helping our people, helping people that, you know, uh, are willing to take the risk, people that can, you know, start off with initial amount and then make something of themselves and get to where they want to be in life. So it was purpose. Purpose was the biggest thing that uh, entrepreneurship gave us as opposed to being in the corporate mining. It's probably a good career too, you know, if um, people like it, you know, trading um, because they can stay in community, right? Stay in community and help out. Yeah, certainly. You know, like, um, like I said before, most of my trading can be done off my smartphone. Uh, it's just a bit more beneficial that if I had a bit, uh, you know, a desktop monitor and a couple of screens, but uh, there's no reason I could do this anywhere pretty much in the world that has has a internet connection, you know? It's amazing. And um, so what keeps you, you know, motivated and keep going? Um, what are the drivers? Uh, I guess it's it's being home with my, with my uh, children um, and constantly having that long-term vision, I think. You know, even as a trader, I get, you know, sucked back into the short-term trading or five-minute charts, um, but really having that long-term perspective, that long-term vision and goals, you know, you gotta, you got to imagine the, those goals are in front of you 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and then really strive for them. So it's having those goals. I know I'm going to have my ups and downs in that period, but I know at the end of 10, 20 years or whatever target that I set that I'll be at that particular goal. If I'm not at that goal, I'm going to ask myself why and find out the reason why and then, uh, you know, correct those actions and then keep moving forward, you know. So it's a it's a grind, you know. You've got to stay highly motivated. Um, but I, you know, put myself in an environment where I have the best chances of succeeding. Um, and when I do have those days where I feel like uh, nothing's going to plan, it's, you know, oh, maybe I should give up. You know, I just have to jump on YouTube and look at some motivational videos and then I feel a bit better, you know, or, or look at some, uh, you know, mentors that you might have or even Warren Buffett, you know, and I, I'm sure he has his bad days too, you know, everyone does. But yeah, I really have to have that tough mental resilience to keep pushing forward over the long term. And let's say, um, you know, in a couple of years' time, the Dingo Brothers, multimillionaires, um, what are you going to do then? Are you going to keep investing or be in a position to, you know, help others? Like you yeah, so I guess one of the points that we start off with, well, my mindset's growing up was I really I really need to help myself get to a position before I can really help anyone else. Um, but once we get to that established stage, we'll be looking at possibly, um, probably wouldn't go into managing other people's money, but more so setting up a training and learning environment where we can really start giving back to the community, you know, not not just in, in the sense of, uh, you know, here's, here's some money, yeah, do as you wish. So looking back at a lot of those those seed startups and then really giving back and giving that opportunity to other entrepreneurs that are looking to get out there, you know. I mean, it would be great if I had a leg up over the years of my, my trading. Um, I would really love to appreciate that, but I don't think I was – I don't really know too many other traders out there or especially Indigenous traders out there that uh, have the same drive and passion that um, – that we have for trading or entrepreneurship in general, you know. So that's why it's pretty important to surround yourself. You know, that's, that's I guess that's why we're friends on Facebook, Dean, is because you, you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're out there, you're grinding, and it's great, man. You know, I love what you do. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Um, <laughs> he's getting a bit, bit rowdy. Um, just to, I guess, sum it up, um, got like, yeah, a lot of good value out of this that going to benefit people. Um, but is there anything I've missed that you wanted to touch on or just – yeah, uh, I'd probably just say in regards to, I think you're on your other podcast, you've asked about books to read. Um, guys guys and girls out there, I'd encourage you to read. Um, the first book would be The Automatic Millionaire. Uh, one thing, if you can't manage your own finances, you know, I don't think you can manage your companies or a business out there. You know? So The Automatic Millionaire, um, Google it, 
buy it, download it. The next book would be uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, now that's a great book just for life in general. I'm a bit of an – I am an introvert, so a person that's typically shy and doesn't speak too much. But in saying that, um, I learned a lot of value being able to communicate with people and entrepreneurship is – or really successful entrepreneurs are generally extroverted people that are you know, able to pitch their idea, able to sell, have great communication skills. But even as an introverted person, you can still have those good communication skills it just might be from your ability to, to type or write or text, but I would encourage you to read that book because it's, it helped me tremendously. Uh, and the third and final book would be a book called Outliers. Now, this book, it sums up the, the key message there is that a lot of the successful people, um, uh, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, um, these people, whilst they might have uh, had you know, tr- tremendous success in that, a lot of it came down to their ability of just putting in a lot of hard work, you know. Uh, Bill Gates himself, he, at the point in time in America, he was at a university where he was one of the only people that had a lot of access to a computer to be able to do programming. So he had a lot of uh, free time on his hand where he just spent programming, you know, and it comes back to a, a bit of a, a rule of you should have 10,000 hours of experience before you're really considered a, a master of anything. And I believe myself and my brother, we've had that with trading, you know. We've, we've spent a lot of nights, weekends, uh, just looking at charts, researching, you know, to get that mastery. And if any, and we've previously done apprenticeships as well, as we started off in a mining career and apprenticeship, you know, eight hours a day, four days, uh, five days a week over the course of four years, it sums up to about 10, over 10,000 hours. So, you know, it, and it brings back that, uh, I guess, key message is that, you know, talent, having all the talent in the world is good, but, you know, hard work will always be talent when talent doesn't work hard. That concludes today's episode of Indigipreneur. If you would like to know more about Leslie, connect with him on Twitter at Leslie underscore Dingo or Facebook. If you like this episode, please share with friends or connect on social media at Indigipreneur where you can find more episodes like this. Are you a young Indigipreneur? If yes, come along to our First Nations Youth Summit, which will be hosted in Brisbane on the 28th to 29th of June. It's an opportunity to connect with other First Nations youth, create new professional networks, and learn new skills you can take back to your community. For more information, please go to the website at firstnationsyouthsummit.com. This episode was brought to you by Amanda Young from the First Nations Foundation. The First Nations Foundation helps First Nations people to achieve economic freedom through financial literacy training and support. Feel free to get in touch with the First Nations Foundation by emailing info at fnf.org.au or visit their website at www.fnf.org.au. Today's episode has been hosted by myself, Dean Foley, and produced by Damien Rensley.